And good evening, my friends. This is Dr. Drill from the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is 10 November, 2021. A couple hundred years ago, the United States Marine Corps came alive in Tun Tavern, a little frickin' seedy bar not too far from where Penn's Landing resides today. Now, I'm told, the wreckage of that little tavern is underneath uh, I-95 somewhere. They just have a little blue sign. They have a couple little monuments, statues down there about the Marines. There needs to be a lot more in Philly. There should be an entire, like, museum, you know. Such a powerful thing. Such a... I recall the Marine Corps warrior cult. I could talk about the Marines all day. All day, man. The colorful characters that I worked with, that I knew, that I saw. These larger-than-life men. Booming voices. Raspy from hollering at recruits all the time. Or hollering at one another. Scarred, tattooed. Frickin' muscular arms popping out of their folded utility uh, blouses. Yeah, that's what we call the, the the camouflage top. We had that old camouflage. Um, look up 1980s, 1990s era uniforms. Really cool looking camouflage. To me, it's like the camouflage design. Then they went to when we went into the desert. They did like desert camo and then digital camo and all these other things and man that old green brown tan that's what we did we roll our sleeves uh, most of the you know when the weather was um, cooler we would whatever they would designate a time in the year all sleeves had to be down but in the summer months we could roll our sleeves and it would kind of like act as a it would create a cuff that would kind of strangulate your hulking biceps. So young, lean Marines, freshly, you know, out of, you know, finishing out a workout, you'd squeeze into these, these camouflage tops with the rolled up sleeves and you'd look like a fucking real stud. And you could press your camis a certain way. You know, ours had to be clean and pressed, basically a crease down the front. Our boots had to be buffed, shined. Sometimes guys would spit shine them. They would look like glass, you know. We'd walk around base, looking squared away. Got our chevrons on. That's your your unit. Um, your rank insignia, a little metal, looks like little um, mosquito wings, all right? Private, you had no chevrons, and PFC, you had a, just a black bold chevron, and then Lance Corporal E3, you got a chevron with a cross rifle underneath, and then Corporal, you got two chevrons, cross rifles, Sergeant, three chevrons, cross rifles, so that's what I was, I was an E5 when I, when I got out, I had been all over the world, 
peacetime, training our asses off, hitting all of Eastern Europe, Cuba for three months, friggin' Okinawa, Korea, Australia, I mean, everywhere. France, Greece, Israel, Spain, Morocco, said France, Portugal, we'd stop and we'd train at all these places, and we would get a little bit of time off, they'd make the mistake of letting us off ship, and we would go and get hammered and chase the local ladies around and get in fights and all kind of stuff, it was the greatest thing ever, you know, for a young man, it was like the greatest thing in the world, talk about sowing your royal oats, you go out, you get strong, you work out, you train, you're like a warrior, you got this incredible mindset, you've been brainwashed essentially, brain and body washed, your body has been honed into a well-oiled machine, you're young, you're strong, you're healthy, you're vital, and your mindset, if you had any sort of, as soon as you get on that bus or sign your life away and swear in for the Marines, in fact, even before you even swear in, which is basically a little ceremony where you, you know, stand in front of a flag and some NCO, non-commissioned officers, you know, has you swear, hey, you know, you uh, swear to protect and serve, da 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 Even before you do that, from the moment you step in the recruiter's office and say, you know what, I got a contract in the works, I'm going to go in the Marine Corps. That moment, you're like, man, I just took out the biggest challenge of my life. I guess I got to go through with it now. And not everybody did. There were guys who, you know, said they were going to do it, and then they are like, fuck this parents have weaseled them out of it, they're not going to send you, it's not wartime, it wasn't like World War One or World War Two, where they just send your ass over there, you could get, you could bail out, and guys did, but you know, to say that you're going to do something and then to go do it was like half, was the whole challenge anyway, so I did that, I declared this is what I want to do, and I did it, and me and hundreds and thousands of other men, young men, <clears throat> pimply faces, you know, young, vital, a great raw material for war fighting. So this is one of the greatest things I could have ever done with my life. In my view, I mean, sometimes I look at it as an intellectual and I say, God, what a small idea to fight, you know, to be, be about, like, death, to be an instrument of death. What a small thing when you can help people, when you can inspire people, when you can make them smile, when you can make them feel good. I mean, that's what my life has become. And I'm proud of that. You know, it's almost like, it's like when I talk about being an alpha male and... You know, I, I've said before that I, I kind of, like, pursued that to such a degree that I, at some point I was like, wait a second, how far am I going to go with this? You know, am I going to posture up every time I run across another uh, male who's beating his chest or who looks aggressive and strong and handsome? Am I going to be resentful to the point where I need to, you know, retort like I'm some sort of animal? Or am I going to say, you know what? I'm so confident at this point that I've done all these things. I've been part of the finest fighting force in the world. I've 
patrol the freaking jungles and the mountains and the, you know, been to these foreign lands. I feel like I, I don't need to thump my chest anymore. So it's a tremendous thing, as I, as I mentioned earlier. It's wonderful. It's a truly a gift to have earned that title and have worked so hard. And it was a million, it was 25 years ago or more at this point. Twenty-five years ago. At least. I'm still talking about it. Sometimes I'm a little bashful about that. Like I commemorate every year this time, the Marine Corps birthday, the guys are sipping on some beers and talking about old times and how, you know, important, how special it is to be a Marine. It's fucking incredible. I, like I said, I mean no disrespect when I declare it's like a warrior cult. And when you're part of it, you feel that. You feel like there's really no no better feeling. The thing is, of course, while you're in it, you fucking hate it most times, right? Because you're doing, it's dirty and it's hard and it's, you're away from home and all these things. Like, there's a lot of suffering. And that's only, that's in peacetime. But I remember those times bonding out in the field, sitting in a cold fighting hole with another guy, you know, trying to stay warm. Some of the stories I told, I'm so cold oberst or whatever. Flying, you know, taking a 24-hour flight to Okinawa, stopping in Anchorage, you know, like, telling stories, posturing up, beating each other up, getting drunk, getting in trouble, staying, standing with their heads held high after accomplishing something or just being able to freaking navigate across the land with a map and a compass and arrive at the prescribed location. There's a million things that we did, a million tasks that we had to do and we had to do right, from wearing our uniform to physically training to um, knowing our knowledge, knowing the history of the unit. It's like you're fucking, it's a heritage, you know? And whoever started really you know, doing, like, the Marine Corps is the only, only branch that has, like, this birthday. And they're like, the Marine Corps birthday. It's so special. We even have a birthday. We celebrate this birthday. Well, there's Veterans Day. It's tomorrow. But the Marine Corps birthday is today. <laughs> because specifically 10th November, the first Marine recruiting, you know, was, uh, regiment was formed. And so on and so forth. And that was only 30 miles away down in Philadelphia. You know, I lived 30 miles as a crow flies from Philly. This all happened 246 years ago or 36 years ago, whatever it was. 1775. Incredible. Best thing I ever did. I still say that. Met some of the best people in my life in the Corps. Some of the absolute worst stories that I have, they're derived, many of them are, and the spirit that I have is derived from this 
four-year period, and I say that, but I mentioned earlier that I was in the time that I got freaking arrested for shoplifting. I was 14 years of age. My son's 14 now. At his current age, my mother brought me to the Marine Corps recruiting station and said, this fucking kid needs somebody to look up to. He needs to be, a man needs to be made out of him. And I went, got in there and I talked to these guys and they had stories to tell about adventure and about, you know, coming into your own and finding your place in the pack and all these analogies and big, you know, stickers with eagle globes and anchors and pictures of them in the desert storm or shield or whatever the fuck camouflage netting and artillery pieces and convoys and machine guns and you know they had stories to tell people that stayed in their hometown my many of my high school buddies and stuff they had no story to tell makeups and breakups with girlfriends and boyfriends and going out to the local pub and getting shit housed and somebody got a DUI and somebody overdosed on drugs. You I mean like it was I mean there's stories to tell but there's nothing like what we had. I mean we really there are people many people today wish they would have done something like this. And I did it. And so it's great but I will segue into my um you know so Semper Fi Marines, what a great, even my, my voice changes when I think about this. There's pride, there's like, can't let your buddies down, you have to be true to the spirit of it. That was why I did Dr. Drill. I created this fitness program that was basically, I replicated these, this brainwashing. But I, I shined it on fitness and health. How do I make civilians, you know, fit and motivated and all that stuff and I did that for many years and there are times in my life particularly these days where you know like I talked to you recently about that book that I'm revisiting bits and pieces the uh, breaking the habit of being yourself you know I don't like it's, it's life, it's reality to experience an array of emotions throughout the day. But I do not like, you know, you get up in the morning and you have your workout and you get your cup of coffee and you got all your shit out and you're ready. Just like, just like a Marine, ready to, for action, you know. We used to have this thing where you take your, if you really wanted to get up in the morning, like, and be prepared, you would take your boots and you would unlace them, you know, just pull the laces loose, and you take your trousers and you you roll them up, not roll them up, but kind of like cinch them up like a slinky, and you take them all the way down around your boots, and you put your underwear right on top of that, and you get up, you put your underwear, your socks on, and you step into your boots and you pull up your trousers, and you know half the work was done. You don't have to, to, to even remove the time required to put your pants on one leg at a time. Just You just step in, step in to the boots, you pull them up, you tie your boots, you blouse your boots, you put your belt, you, know, you, you cinch your belt, you put your t-shirt on, and you're fucking dressed in like 30 seconds. We used to have to do things like that. 
so that in boot camp, like, you had to be quick, you had to have your shit together, you had to be able to get your rifle unlocked from your rack, and you don't want to, if you forgot your combination, you couldn't be fucking around with that, so you'd set it right, left, and just about to that last thing, we've all done this, right, you, you, you set your locker combination so that it's right, just a couple little clicks away, and you just move that, and pull it down, and it was a combo lock, and that shit would unlock, you grab your gear, you had everything ready. Get up, you shit, shower, and shave, you fucking put your gear on, you ride, down, you head down the road, and then you can, you're ready for the day. So my point is, like, I, I actually think I'm going to start doing that again. Now, I, I stage my shit, and I'm, the thing about when you've lived in this sort of environment... in this military environment. You collect habits. You, you, Like I said, you shine that on the rest of your life. Your relationships, your standard of work ethic, everything. And so you can be hard on yourself. I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself, I guess. Yeah, I had somebody talk to me today and was, uh, you know, I had a good talk with my friend Emily, and she said that, uh, she pointed this out, you know, she goes, a lot of people, and like, I, I pointed out this thing I wrote on the whiteboard, which was that quote again, like, don't wait for good things to happen to you, cause and effect, make shit happen, you can make shit happen. You don't have to say, oh, well, things happen for a reason, and I just, I guess that's just why. Like, sometimes we have good days and bad days, and I, mean, I had somebody come in last week who's had every, I told you, they had every problem in the world. Health problems, you know? Uh, doctor's appointments, insurance not covering things, you know, some of his major medical stuff. Uh, stress, this person, that, that's not going on there. And like, the, it felt like his world was falling apart. And let him talk and get it out of his system and laugh and cry and make jokes and curse and swear for 30 minutes. And that energy, I was glad to be there for him and let him do that, but that energy came into my day and I took it on. That's, that's what I do now. I take care of people. I talk to them. I listen to them. I, I manipulate them with my hands. make them feel better, make them work better, I'm good at that, as I told you, I'm throttling back from my teaching, I got students telling me that, oh, Dr. Oh, I was hoping we could continue our mission together, well, I feel the same, but I really want to focus on being my best, you know, <clears throat> but I want to maintain a standard, it's got to be, I have to be capable of doing that. <clears throat> you know, I can't set unrealistic goals. I got to be honest with myself. I can't do it all and be good at it all. So I guess I'm just saying, like, that Marine Corps work ethic, that spirit, I am so glad. Like, I, I, I talked about that. I'm so glad that I put it to work. Like I said, it's the best thing I ever fucking did. And I, it's, uh, again, I, I'll, I'll have these moments where I'm like, oh, it's a terrible thing to, you know, all of that training was about just 
really be just being a pawn on a chessboard and it don't matter, you know, it's like learning the freaking martial art from the best and you just go in there like a Spartan, you know, throw them in the pit together and fight it out and teach them how to improve their their battle skills and their close combat and how to hone their mind into something strong so that the little things don't bother them. The cold, the wet, the hard, you know, doing hard things, we look for hard things to do, you know? So that sense of always being on a mission, it's so useful. And I'm about to put that to use because part of my throttling back my teaching, as I said, is about be, being the best. I want to run the best possible practice. I want to be even better, you know. And Emily said, and you know, people will say, oh, you know, the thing is, drill, like people, they, you're good every day. Like I, I, I told her, I pointed that thing on the on the whiteboard. I said, you know, don't wait for good things to happen. Kind of be the change you want to see. Uh, cause and effect. I do that every fucking day. And I think we all do to a degree. We wake up and we say, ah, this is going to be a hard day. It's Monday. People are going to come at me from all directions. They're, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be like a fucking battle. And things that I can't anticipate that I can't plan for even with the best intelligence are going to occur and to be prepared for that to to glance off those slings and arrows to glance off the energy that comes at you that is just whoa what the fuck was that you have to be like a goddamn ninja but I want to be like that this is an interesting story that I'll I'll tie into this. My friend came in today. She's an 85-year-old woman. This is a woman I said that when the Eagles won the uh, Super Bowl, they had her doing keg stands, her family. Old Irish woman, so spirited, so alive. She gave me a she gave me a rock. A rock sandwich. This is like a slate is all over the place. Not slate, but um, shale. Kind of shale slate. It's a softer type of rock that tends to be like brittle, right? It's all over Pennsylvania. Um, so you'll find it, it looks like a bunch of rocks, flat rocks stuck together and you pick it up, it'll sometimes fall apart. So she found this rock and it had two pieces of shale or one piece of shale that, that broke in half and she put God bless America on the one rock and then when you pick the other piece up and open it like a book, stand it up, it is an American flag. And she gave this to me. And in return, I gave her a rock sandwich that I found, which is consists of three pieces of shale that were stuck together and it was like kind of perpendicularly stuck in the ground on a creek bed and I picked it up many years ago and it fell apart into three and now they fit very nicely together if you've ever been around a creek or like rocks then you know what I'm talking about so I call this the rock sandwich I keep it in my little show and tell area of the practice right out front she gave this to me 
and her husband is a former Marine. He served in Korea, and we say hoorah, and I tell her to call him the grand old man, the Marine Corps, and all this stuff, and God, what a fucking great person. I can't even believe that she, all the, I can't imagine all the things she's seen. She's got like seven kids, and she was one of seven herself, and she got sons and daughters and grandkids, and she asked me a dozen years ago, said her her grandson was joining the Marine Corps, and what do I think about it? Now he's been out for, I don't know, eight years or something, and he's got a family, and oh my God. Anyway, she did that for me, but she told me a story. Talk about being a mental ninja and being able to apply like a Marine Corps work ethic and the mentality to to the daily. And today is so, these days are so fucking zany. The things that go on, the, 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 there's like this cult, this, this hive mind out there. Have you felt it? Have you felt the hive mind? I mean, the collective dysfunction, craziness, zaniness of the energy that, that the world is going to come at you with. I'm tapped into that, so I, I can see that. I, mean, I have people that come in to see me, and I love them so much. I love them like family, and they there's an exchange of energy, a goodness, a love. That is so wonderful, and there are some folks that come in, and they, stay, they run right into you with this energy. It bounces off of you, and it permeates you, and it consumes you, surrounds you, almost to the point where you're kind of choking in a way. It's not entirely bad, but it's just like they're desperately hitting you with this energy and it it'll fuck you up, you know? So it's a good thing that there's a good balance, healthy balance if you will, of folks that'll come in. Most people are of the good energy variety, but there's a chaotic energy out there that exists. We all know that. We felt it. She said, my friend Nancy, an 80-something-year-old woman, she's got such spunk. She said, hey, what's going on? She gave me this rock. We embraced, we talked, laughed. She said that she was down at the gym today, and she... Uh, when there's gym and there was something, cops were there because there was some guy trying to get into the women's locker room. And I said, well, the guy just made the mistake because I've done that myself. You know, I've walked into the restroom. Usually it's in a bar or restaurant where I walk into the wrong room. It happened to me a couple of times. One time I went into a woman's uh, restroom at a bar. I think it was like PJ Willihan's or something like that dozen years ago. I walked in and I went into the stall. I didn't see any urinals and I had I took a had to take a leak. So I just fucking went in the stall. I'm taking a piss and I come out and there's a woman doing her makeup in the mirror. Well I was mortified so I'm so sorry. I walked out. But this guy she I said, did he have ill intent? She goes, I think he might have had ill intent. There's a question. I said, well um 
alright, that's not good, and she goes, you know what they used to tell us in the, uh, you know, how they used to tell women that when, if, if a, an assailant were, were to approach you, some of you think that it's a threat, you say, do I know your mom? <laughs> I know your mother, you know, John, how are you? I know your mom. Imagine if you had the presence of mind during the day to to do something like that. I mean, not somebody that necessarily means you overt harm, but you imagine if somebody were to come at you with the usual shit, like some sort of negativity, they're going to clobber you, if not physically, they're going to clobber you mentally, and they're going to consume some of your energy, your resources, and you're just tired of it. You've seen it coming. You know it when you see it. And you, that you would say something to a would-be, quote-unquote, assailant. That you would say, I know your mom. Roger, great to see you today. Person would be like, stop in their tracks. Mentally, you would fucking break them. Because you would accost them. You would hit them with a... You would warp their mind. You would be a brain teaser for them. A mind fuck. Because you would be catching them off guard. What mental ninjury? Is that a word, ninjury? You know, I feel like we all do this. We'll do it instinctively. Like, we have strategies, right? When you're communicating, this is part of communication. There is, uh, I mean, you can, it's kind of like a battle, Marine Corps, you know, energy, it's a battle. Think about this tomorrow. Go in the, Imagine if you go into the world and you put on, you jump into your boots, you pull up your trousers and you buckle your belt and your butt, your freaking boots are shined and you walk off so prepared and you've got these things called that we call in the Marine Corps immediate actions which is where if there's an ambush what do you do? Everybody knows if you get ambushed you're supposed to run straight into the ambush it's the most counteract it's the most counterintuitive thing it's so counter to what you would think to do or how you would respond. They call it a hasty ambush. What's immediate action to a hasty ambush? You're going to turn right into the fire. Cuz that's your best ch- that's your best chance of getting out intact. Because otherwise, if you run, you're dead. You're going to get mowed down. God, how brilliant of that is that? How ballsy is that? How jarhead is that? The immediate action to a hasty ambush. Near ambush, they call it. That's what it was. Immediate action to a near ambush. That means that the, you walk right down a freaking street 
you're walking down a path or a road, as I'm driving down Bridge Road right now, right off the side of the road, there's people with frickin' set up in an ambush, and they've got all their frickin', they've got machine guns and claymore mines and RPGs, and if you go into what's called the kill zone, which you pass right in front of them, you're dead. It will decimate you. That's a near ambush. What you're supposed to do is run right into it. Turn and run right into the fire. Who does that? Marines. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. This is why the enemy would tell stories about Marines. About how we were baby killers or we would had to, you know, kill a member of our family in order to be to join and all these weird things like it made us seem like we're outlaws, and in a way, we are. We're very good at, well trained at doing bad things and doing things that no human would ever consider doing. Counter to the human behavior. God, to get back to that, to just be extraordinary, an extraordinary mindset like that. How that that's so wonderful. What's so pure being a marine and just thinking, okay, we're going to go to battle. I've got my weapon, it's clean. I know how to shoot it really really well. Give me all the ammo, load it up. You know, we're going to destroy everything and if we die, you got my back, right? You're going to make sure I don't die. Let's fucking go and kill everybody, you know? It's like you're a berserker. And it's so terrible and it's a terrible beauty. But it's simplicity because it's there's a simplicity to it. It's like, we're going to go out and do this thing. It's very hard. It's impossible. Nobody thinks we're going to make it out alive. We're going to do it. Fucking come out alive, drink some beers. We'll be at the bar by 5 p.m. You know, let's go, you know, accomplish this mission. God, what a love affair I had with that notion the people that of course that that subscribed to it but what about this old lady saying you know we, we, we my point is we're going to extrapolate that extrapolating a near ambush immediate action to the daily chaos the chaos that envelops us the enemy seeking to destroy us. This is, the enemy is failure. It's self-doubt. It's randomness. Chaos. It's negativity. Negative self-talk. You know, the wrong friends. Wrong relationships. the media, partisanship. It's infectious is the problem. You know, if you're not if you're not feeling it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you. It's not affecting you. It's the reason why 
you're in a shitty mood all the time and you're always tired. It's because there's this background chaos. And we have to go to battle against it. How do we do that, you you ask? How am I going to do it? I mean, I'm telling you, but I'm reminding myself as well. That these these lessons can be learned. We can practice success. We can prepare for the contingencies. We can know our immediate actions and be rehearsed in them. We would do it. Let's walk down a walk down a trail. Near ambush, near ambush. So I can guys would freaking come alive with flashbangs and blank machine gun rounds firing and you know, people coming out trying to trying to kill you or simulating that. And you'd have to respond the right way. And your every instinct would prompt you to run and hide and cower and even well-trained people have done that in combat seen that depicted many times in cinematic depictions right the finest the most rugged the most well-trained biggest strongest toughest warriors crack and, and curl up in the fetal position in the battlefield but we do fall to the level of our training So if you don't prepare for the contingency, if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't try to build your physical and mental strength, then you're going to get fucking preyed upon. So I guess, you know, I think I got a good banter, good podcast going on here. Trying to, it's funny how I connect all these things that occur throughout my day. Look, today was a pretty good day. I helped a lot of people, but these themes, um, and, and, and they helped me, by the way had a wonderful um, experience. I'm thankful for so much. Told some jokes. um, Had some hugs. Somebody gave me a fucking rock that they painted that says, God bless America with a freaking American flag. What a gift. Had some great conversations with some friends. God, what a gift of a day. And now I'm heading home to my family. I get to sleep in tomorrow. In a way, this podcast and this philosophy, these roots, this heritage that I have, and this day, it calls to me to be a better person. God, I want to be a bet. I want to be the best. I want to be... I, I need a mission. You know what I mean? I hear about when warriors, you know, they retire. And all of a sudden, okay, I don't have formations anymore. Don't have to clean my rifle anymore. I don't have to, you know, um, get up and work out anymore. But you want to. You know what I mean? You are compelled to do so. You feel driven to maintain these practices. Just like a martial artist will continue to do their katas or meditations, or sparring, or whatever. You have to sharpen yourself constantly. And I need some things. My efforts recently, I'm thinking about, of course, my own self, as well as philosophizing. 
my throttling back with teaching, I'm going to use that energy. Okay? I'm going to take that energy and that time that, frankly, was well spent helping people learn a difficult subject. I'm going to shine that energy and those resources and that time on other things that are just as important. And I'm going to make myself better and I'm going to be true to my heritage. I want to make other people better. I want to... It's on to the next mission. Finally, I'll mention that, uh, you know, part of my passionate podcast here is that I feel any, any warrior would admit, I think. They tell you they're not scared when they take the battlefield. They tell you that they, you know, they're all tough and they're not worried, they're not frightened about anything, they have no concerns. You need to worry about that person. So, I have felt vulnerable. I feel vulnerable just like anybody else. I think about those programs that we run. The programs that we run. The comfort that we get into. Like what? That's the thing about the Marine Corps brainwashing, quote-unquote. What programs are you running on your PC? How fast do you boot up in the morning? What do you tell yourself when you lie awake just upon when you're looking at that alarm clock and you, you wake up half hour before it goes off? What are you telling yourself? What goes through your mind? What scenery do you this comes across your screen? Is it how shitty yesterday was or how sorry you feel for yourself about this loss or this inadequacy or um, these worries that you have? Everybody has that. I'm not saying don't have that. I'm saying that have a plan to unfuck that. Have a contingency. All right. Have an immediate action. And then you'll know what to do. And you won't even have to think about it. You'll just, you'll just do it. Alright, that's enough. I think this is a good podcast. Um, I told myself some things that I needed to hear. And I hope that it's helpful for you as well.